Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Praise the Lord one more time. Amen. So glad to be in the house of God tonight. We welcome everyone tonight into the house of the Lord. Amen. We're so glad to praise and to worship the Lord tonight. He's truly worthy to be praised. And he had spared our life to see or to live through another day. Amen. That's always a good thing. Tomorrow is not promised, but you should talk to some people who are saying we're living on borrowed time. You know, so tomorrow is not promised to us. And each day that the Lord lend us bread, we have to be grateful for all that he has done for us. Um, I w- in fact, I was just looking at the scriptures um, in, in, in Psalms 24 a few seconds ago. And um, Psalms 24, that said, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. And when you look back on those verses and, you know, reflect about the goodness of the Lord, you said, man, what a God we serve. Amen. He's a mighty God. And we're so glad to be a part of what he's doing in this hour. We welcome everyone tonight into the house of God. Those that are here, our online congregation, we welcome you tonight. Amen. We're going to have a good time in the Lord tonight. Amen. And we're so glad to be here. But before I get into a prayer, just two announcements I want to get out of the way. Um, this Saturday is our prayer breakfast at, um, I think, 8 a.m. Uh, for prayer breakfast. So invite your friends and family. We'll be glad to have everyone that will be to make it here. And then right after that, at 11 a.m., the men's will be having the men's uh, district men's function in Newark at uh, 11 a.m. at Pastor Warren's church. I think the address is 444 Avon Avenue in Newark. Amen. So if you're able to be there, great. Um, I think Brother Tom Muller sent out a information on uh, our men's uh, chat group. So if you need any information, you can either text Brother Tom or see myself or one of the men here. Hopefully we can have those that are able to be there to join us and fellowship together. Amen. So those are the only announcements that I have. Anything that I'm missing? I think that's it. All right, we're going to invite everyone. If you could stand with us, we're going to pray. As we get ready for a Bible study tonight, and ask the Lord to have his way among us tonight, that he will touch the man of God as he come by to minister to us tonight in whatever way God's going to use him tonight. And don't forget as we pray, let's pray for each other. Amen. Don't forget to keep our pastor and his family in our prayer, and um, that God's will will continue to be done, and that he will give him wisdom and direction. Amen. We sure do wisdom, and we do need direction from the Lord. So we're going to pray. I don't know if anyone have any special requests tonight. You can raise your hands. We can touch and agree whatever the requests are, the needs are tonight, that the Lord will fulfill your needs. So let's just go to the Lord in prayer as we pray tonight. Father God, we love you. We thank you, Lord God, for giving us another privilege, an opportunity to gather together in this fashion. It's so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take you at your word. Just to rest upon your promise. Just to know thus that the Lord. Father God, we love you. We honor you, Lord God. We glorify your name. We praise your name. We thank you, Lord God, for this another privilege that you have given unto us, O God. And for helping us to live to see another day, Lord God. We're truly grateful for your love. We thank you for your mercies. We thank you for your blessing. We thank you for keeping us. We thank you for providing for us. We thank you for making ways when there seems to be no way. We thank you for opening up doors for us that no man can shut. Lord God, you are our creator, our redeemer, the one that died for us, the one that is coming back for us. You are the one that we worship and adore. And as we come in your presence tonight to lift up your name, to call upon your name tonight, Lord God, we ask you, Lord God, that you will move in our midst tonight like never before, Lord God. Touch every heart, every mind. Open our understanding and our minds tonight, Lord God, that as the word of God go forth, Lord God, we will receive it, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, for our pastor, Lord God, that you continue to strengthen him. Touch his body, Lord God. Touch his family. Touch him from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet, Lord God. I pray you will strengthen him, Lord God. Give him, Lord God, the strength that he needs, Lord God, as he go day by day, Lord God. In whatever things that he do, Lord God, we ask you to continue to be there for us, Lord God. Touch all of us, O oh God, as church families, as brothers 
and sisters in the Lord. We ask you, Lord God, that you will touch us like never before and that we'll continue to draw nigh unto you, Lord God, because we are here for one purpose, and that is to serve you, Lord God. In the midst of our misunderstanding sometime, Lord God, you bring us together for such a time as this. And, O oh God, we are to love one another because you first love us, O oh God. Help us, Lord God, to lay aside every weight and every sin that so easily beset us and run this race with patience, looking unto you, the author and the finisher of our life, O oh God. As we pray, Lord God, for the man of God tonight, we pray that your anointing will be upon him from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet. Let your, uh, oh God, power move through him and upon him like never before, Lord God. We pray and ask you to keep us and guide us. Bless every aspect of the service tonight. Help us that when we leave here tonight, we can say it was surely good for us to be here. Have your way among us, Lord God. And for those that are not feeling well in their body tonight, Lord God, we ask you, Lord God, that you'll touch them from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet, Lord God. Let your healing virtue move upon every person that is sick tonight, Lord God. Touch our community, oh God. Touch our leaders that you have given unto to us, Lord God. Let there be an hunger and thirst like never before for the things of God. Oh God, help us to continue to serve you and worship you. We love you, Lord God. We look to you tonight. We thank you in advance for what you're about to do as we surrender our all to you tonight. Have your way in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And we say thanks in Jesus' name. And can we just give the Lord a round of applause tonight? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Amen. Remain standing at this time. I want to take this time out. Amen. And this opportunity and privilege to welcome, you know, no stranger to this podium. Amen. A man that is uh, passionate for the love and the things of God. Amen. A young man that growing up that I just respect his love and his uh uh, is the, the things that is doing uh, for the for the things of God, and and whenever you have someone that dedicate themselves to the things of God, you can see it shows. Um, and I want to say, as we invite Brother Godfrey, Brother Brad, Bradley Godfrey to come tonight, we're gonna ask you to come. Whatever the Lord lay on your heart tonight, my friend, come with the Holy Ghost and may the Lord bless you and keep him. Come on, let's give him a. Round of applause as we come tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Bless you. Praise the Lord, everyone. He alone is worthy. Hallelujah. We serve a great God. I serve, we serve an awesome God. Yes, he is. And we give him thanks because he has been so faithful. Um, I always love this scripture. Though it came from a place of devastation. In the time of Jeremiah weeping against or weeping towards uh, the pending judgment of his people on their pending captivity to Babylon. And he said in Lamentations 3, and this is the theme of pretty much the night, and I always say this because I don't know the hymnist who wrote the song, Great is Thy Faithfulness, but I think he had inspiration from the, from the scripture in Lamentations 3. He says, for this will I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. For his compassions that do fail not, they are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. And God is a faithful God. We thank God for his faithfulness. You can stand as we will just pray tonight. Father, you have been so good. We pray you bless us as we again continue to learn more of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So we are here to, uh, first of all, I honor my pastor in his absence, his wife, Lady Wyatt, and we give God thanks for our ministers who do serve this great church um, in every capacity. I'm just so blessed to be a part of a great congregation that is just, I mean, it's just embarking on great things in store. Um, someone I knew growing up, you know, saints of God is a I don't want to, you know, in terms of um, her interests of knowing the things of God and her desires to get closer to God, someone that had gone through some some situations and they inquired about our church, you know, uh, this evening. 
And, you know, I just say, you know, I pray that the Lord will, you know, lead you. But at the same time, I'm just inspired of what is to come. You know, what we are anticipating. You know, there are persons who may have had an experience with the Lord in the past. And they're looking for hope. And I believe this is the church for them. I really believe this is the church for them. Whether they have been, they are unchurched or those who have not. Um, never heard of the gospel of Jesus Christ before, but really pretty much for those who once were exposed to truth and exposed to to the gospel and may have gone to church but have kind of slipped out or, you know, they had went, you know, and they would determine themselves where they had not, they had not really um, been consistent and faithful in their relationship with God. But I believe that this is the house of restoration. And I believe what's coming is a lot of restoration that we are going to embark in. I'm, I'm really excited, saints of God. How it's going to happen is on God. <laughs> but it's going to happen, Brother Scarlett. So when she told me, I'm like, man, I said, man, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? And, you know, saints, I just pray that we continue to stay prayed up. You know, that where we are on this spiritual journey, you know, is not just only just for the favor of God, which is important that... Our focus is that God will help us in our acquisition, which we have, but in terms of our the whole aspect of the ministry where there are souls that are really going to be asking, you know, what must I do to be saved? Or, you know, I need help in this area, and I just heard of this congregation and how what it offers. And, you know, we just have to be just prepared um, and spiritually in every aspect. We are going through situations, but, you know, we have to give ourselves – you know, he wants available vessels, and um, it is, it is, it is, as the scripture says in Paul, uh, he uh, wrote to uh, the Corinthian church, he said it is, uh, he says it's incumbent of, upon, I'm just paraphrasing, it's incumbent upon uh, to find stewards that are faithful, a man be found faithful in doing. So we've been given a task, he's looking for faithful people, and that we will be faithful to the end. And even when we are maybe not have it all together, people can look at us and say, you know what? You know, I can see that I can make it because I see sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so are faithful to what they're doing. And they are committed to my life and they're committed to God. And I can be, I can look at their example for myself. So let's get into the scripture. I don't want to give the preliminaries, but I'm just really excited about where we're going, you know, as an assembly and and what God is doing in the district and, and our, through our pastor, and just it's awesome. So we're going to focus tonight upon a culture of mercy. I just felt it was led, you know, that pastor to, you know, to, you know, give encouragement and, you know, in Bible class, in the Bible study tonight. And I, I just, you know, feasting upon last week's uh, wonderful messages and services from, you know, our Friends in Connecticut, Brother Dibble, Sister Dibble, that was powerful. And the 9 a.m. service message, the 9 a.m. 9 a.m. service, the message was such a powerful word, and that was been stuck stuck with me. Uh, the message was called no was called no limits, and it was just something that I pray the theme and can intertwine with what has uh, been already established in the house. So we're going to read uh, one passage of scripture, and I really to just go through this, you know, and it's really a series per se, but I'm just going to nutshell because this this uh, subject is really vast in itself, um, and there's so much to learn about the mercies of God. And Jesus, while was seeing the multitude, of course, in Matthew chapter 5, he uh, went and he had set uh, his disciples amongst them in a high mountain, and of course, teaching. And uh, he explained the kingdom of God, uh, the Sermon of the Mount. Of course, we all know that uh, very familiar passage of teachings Jesus did uh, for many hours, uh, explaining uh, the kingdom of God and explaining Beatitudes. Uh, which were explained in just a few verses, but I'm pretty sure there was a lengthy conversation and 
he was teaching amongst his disciples. And I'm going to read one verse. That is Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 7. I said 6, I'm sorry. Super Treats is verse 7. So Matthew 5 verse 7. It says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And I'm going to read going backwards to Psalms. In Psalms, the book of Psalms, chapter number 107, verses 1 and 2. It says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. So we're dealing with a subject called the culture of mercy. And I want to just enlighten your eyes or lighten your hearts. Um, the word culture, and, it's, and it comes to the aspect of culture, um, one comes with a lot of philosophies, of personal philosophies in a culture or in a setting where you have people amongst persons. And um, there is set um, in uh, any environment of work, business, uh, um, any type of environment that you have a collection of body of people, um, those who have been set to kind of guide, whether it be lead or et cetera, they want to set a culture in that influence, influence or space or that sphere of space of influence that they can grapple. And so, um, I, I, of course, I'm a huge sports fan in a sense. And uh, there was a transition that came about one of my favorite teams, and, and their emphasis was to focus on the culture, because previously uh, there was a leadership that wasn't bringing about a culture that they uh, holistically did not want to continue. So they wanted to change the culture. And so uh, any new leadership in the world of sports, and you ask uh, any what's called a general manager or coaches, desire one thing to establish their vision of the kind of culture they want demonstrated throughout their organization. Um, it's the buy-in effect. So culture is really, the effects of culture is to buy in to what is being established so that it can yet influence those who are going to be in that sphere or in that vicinity who are in support of who's going to be leading. So that's important to understand. Uh, you know, we understand who's in place but the persons who are yet to follow and to yet believe in, they buy into what is being presented before them. And that's what's creating the culture for that particular um, setting, a particular um, emphasis. And it's, it says, how is it possible I can, I can get a group of people, regardless of success they individually had had in their careers, all together to buy in? to the new set culture, which ultimately collectively brings success. So that's the purpose of the culture, to bring some kind of success. Ultimately, success is the measure of that reflects that culture. And more so in a, per se, a contact sport, success drives a direct reflection of the effect of positive culture. Now, tonight's lesson is very vast, and our conversation cannot be summed up in approximately the short time we have but the consistency we are collectively we are trying to emphasize we should grab hold to expect the end goal through this process and of course the definition of culture is to uh, the belief in customs um, the arts of particular society group place or time um, a way of thinking behaving or working that exists in a place or organizations such as a business. Now, that's the definition they coined as culture. Uh, but we're looking at the culture of mercy. Mercy, by definition, is to signify an act of graciousness to someone in need. And the Bible refers to God as the direct embodiment of mercy. Jesus Christ is the embodiment of mercy, showing his graciousness in many ways, including the prevention of harm, granting of a family, and possession and res possessions restored, and communication of divine law. 
expressing to the guilty. Here's the situation with mercy. It is expression of knowing that one is guilty, the love and forgiveness of one's transgressions. He, he causes his love towards them. He, he, he sees that they were wrong, but the fact is he yet loves them in spite of and decides to love and forgive them even when they know in the midst of their wrongness, they're in the midst of their transgression or their 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 way they're falling away from his commandments. And the mercies of God is defined in a wide range of various vocabulary employed in, in the original Hebrew and Greek. They two of course we know the Bible's um of course um a third of the, or at least the half of the scripture is was written in Hebrew. Another portion, which is the New Testament, that's the Old Testament, the New Testament was written in Greek, and of course, Aramaic was yet also translated in or written in, in Aramaic and, and in translations in many different versions. And of course, I'm learning so greatly in CSCI, which is a small little plug, but I'm telling you, it's a blessing to know the Bible speaks of a word, but has many vast descriptions of that same singular word and mercy by chance has many english translations but i want to focus on a few in the hebrew word one is called rashmanim rash amimim and the greek word uh is called splagshna splagshna that's in greek and it's used similar, similarly describing strong emotional feelings of compassion and affection. And between both Old and New Testament scriptures, there are approximately six references to the usage of mercy uh, or merciful in scripture. Um, the example of Old Testament theology regarding mercy was at times interchangeable both in the Old Testament and in New Testament. And in the, in the Old Testament, there's one word, and I'm, gonna, I'm specifically focusing on a few, um, which is focused as mercy in that time, or just at least explained, or how it was demonstrated, how God used demonstration of mercy of that, of that time and that dispensation. Of course, we know that there are seven dispensations, and really in the dispensation of the law, you know, mercy per se was really somewhat, um, you know, in an aspect of if you did not know of that culture or that time, um, it wasn't really um, given. It wasn't explained so much in terms of the human understanding, even though God himself was a God of, of God is love, of course, we know, and is a God of mercy. But the fact is, in the dispensation of law, there was, of course, um, the law itself was uh, written, and it was yet um, something that, of course, our own personality or personal uh, personhood, uh, because of sin, could not cause us to live according to the holiness of God in perfection, because we have transgressed and error, and because of our ways. You know, there was a line of demarcation of when we do not follow the practices and commandments that were set before the people of God because there were just originally ten commandments. But unfortunately, because of the disobedience of man and because of their transgressions, a lot of at least another 612 roughly were added as uh, guidelines, you know, towards uh, walking in the will of God in the ways of God as for God's people. And unfortunately, they couldn't live up to that. Uh, they could not live up to that standard because, of course, um, it was not to remove sin. Of course, once a year, they needed uh, to have the high priest to have ultimately have a, a way of atonement for the entire nation. And, of course, year after year, it, it would not, as the scripture says, it was a schoolmaster leading us unto but it was not causing us to yet overcome it was not causing us to live above uh to have victory over in a nutshell uh so 
we were in that situation, uh, or they were in that situation in that time. So examples of mercy in Hebrew, was one its name is called chase or chesed, chesed. And it means steadfast love that is loyal, which manifests itself not in emotions but in actions. So mercy is an action. It's, a, it's an act of doing. Um, this was the principal word through the expression described in Old Testament. And more modern day reference of, of that form of mercy or that description of mercy was the reference of loving kindness. So there's many scriptures that draw, that talks about God's loving kindness. He says, uh, you know, with, uh, he says in the book of Jeremiah, he says, with loving kindness, I have drawn thee. You know, he talks about the loving kindness. He talks about um, his, 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 his uh, unfailing love towards his people because it came, it came from him. And he was disappointed because they would not continue to walk as he required them, as he desired for them to walk. They were in love with other idols and other nations and their practice and their culture of how they lived. And because they failed to follow the commandments of God, they because they wanted to be like other nations, they always ended up in a trap or a situation where they needed God's help. They needed God's mercy. They needed God's love and forgiveness because they transgressed. They turned aside and a pending judgment. Now, that's the only way he could yet execute his his holiness and his, uh, his righteousness is that when there was sin, sin cannot in his presence stand itself. So he would have to execute judgment and because of his love, his atoning love. And that's just as a foreshadow as the Old Testament was leading towards the embodiment of mercy, which is in the person of Jesus Christ. He himself had in the Old Testament had to yet remind his himself, you know, God in his in his love and his in his in his in his righteousness, he saw that man, his people would not continue to walk in the ways of him. And he would send messengers, watchmen, there are prophets, to warn the people that if you don't turn, then I'm going to get judgment on it. Your lives will not yet uh, be um, or you will not end up in yourselves, you know, in the situation in terms of where I've called you. You know, you will be taken away from your land. There were men, for example, Solomon, you know, he prayed a prayer that when he built the temple, that if the people would be taken because of their transgressions, if they turned their face towards the direction of where this place of, of where your presence would dwell, which was the temple, their prayers would be answered and heard. But the unfortunate aspect that the people were yet to be scattered because of their transgressions, because of their disobedience. And that wasn't the will of God, but because of their ways, because of man's heart, they decided their choices to cause them to yet, yes, be in uh, the wilderness, um, to be slaves uh, for 400, over 430 years, but also to be in the wilderness, which was to be an 11-day journey, ended up being a journey of 40 years. They were just, they were just going around in circles, and, and they were just... They were just ending up in a situation where they weren't going anywhere because they began to go outside of the will of God, to look at other gods, be like other people. But again, mercy was expressed in that form. So it was the word chase or chesed. I wish it was on the screen. But it said steadfast love that is loyal, which manifests itself not in emotion, but in action. So in the Old Testament, Though God expressed his love and in dying unfailing love, but he had to execute his, his, his love uh, for his people by actions, by, by doing things um, for them in terms of providing, in terms of uh, causing them to, being tr to triumph over when their enemies would attack them, um, raising up men, raising up even women to defend and to, and to give them the victory over many um, situations, whether it is when they entered the promised land, they had giants, you know, and they caused them to triumph over these giants because God had a promise. He had made a, a vow and a covenant to his servant Abraham, uh, Abram, and, and, and yet he fulfilled his promise 
with Abram. It's a continuation. It's a, li- a lineage of, of his, his, his unfailing love, his covenant promise. Because he yet sacrificed or he yet followed the, 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 the example that he just said in Genesis 17 that focus upon the foreskin of your flesh being cut, circumcising the eighth day. It was that covenant of promise. He yet had a relationship with Abram, and that continued. But the people did their own way. They did not follow the ways of God and caused them to repeatedly fall into a place where they needed a, a savior to rescue, uh, rescue them. And even, even thinking in my, in, my, in my thoughts about the book of Isaiah, if you look at the scriptures from Isaiah chapter 40 to verse 46, verse four, chapters 40 through chapter 66, it talks about the, 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 the rulership of God, specific, specifying that there is only one God and there's only one Savior. If you look at from Isaiah 40, it announces the coming Messiah. It's a prophetic announcement um, talking about um, the Lord that should come to save his people from their sins, an announcement to establish that there is a Messiah coming. You know, this in terms of our, our ways will be cleaned up. It, it talks about a lot of things that dealt with the coming um, uh, 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 Savior that would help them overcome and, and will, will save them from their sins. And if you look and identify through that scriptures or the chapters in Isaiah 40 through 66, it talks about the pending kingdom that's coming and then talks about a prophetically the millennial kingdom that is coming. So it really deals with a lot of what God was planning and, and having us to understand. We're just, we're just really uh, uh, persons that are recipients of the knowledge of God that he has shown through his people throughout the ages. There's another aspect, and I'll give you an example that was used in action pertaining to that um, kindness, loving kindness, and that relationship towards in that time. So the modern reference of loving kindness, which was integral part of covenant relationship in the Old Testament, is a deed performed in the return, for example, a return of the loyalty of Joseph expecting kindness from the cupbearer. So when the cupbearer um, was told of a, a person in prison that could help the, the pharaoh understand, you know, the pending famine that's coming, you know, Joseph helped in a situation where he was the head prisoner of in the prisons and he was found favor, gave to, of course, prophecies of the baker and the cupbearer. And, of course, you know, cupbearer after some years um, for, forgot or at least had to remember this guy helped me got free, put me back in my rightful position when it comes to serving the king. And that's an example of uh, the loving kindness of actions that Joseph did um, by interpreting the dream of the Pharaoh that, of course, you know, of course, the, the famine and, of course, the years of plenty. And the second one was in the Old Testament. It's Rahab expected kindness in return for the kindness to the spies. And we know the situation that happened in that situation where they were spying out the land. And, and of course, they were in uh, spying out Jericho to take over. And the spies uh, were sent to yet spy out. Joshua sent them on assignment. And there was a woman, Rahab, there. And Rahab yet, you know, made a, a covenant with them and said, you know, when I, I tell you what's happening, but remember me. Remember my family. When you go about your people destroying this city or cause your God to yet rule and cause your God to triumph over our deeds, etc., and etc. And we're, we're transitioning to the New Testament. In the New Testament, the word mercy, the theology of it, it was important to understand that the personhood of Jesus Christ is the embodiment and manifestation of what mercy is. Both word and indeed, mercy was embodied through Je- the personhood of Jesus Christ. The word in the Greek is called ilios. Uh, it's the most common words described of Jesus' ministry as one bringing the good news of the arrival of the kingdom of God in Christ. The mercy of God bringeth new life. And according to 1 Peter 1, 
and verse 3. And undergirds the hope of life to come. That's in Jude 1, verse 21. Jude 1, verse 21. That undergirds the hope to life to come. So again, Jesus' ministry as one bringing good news of the arrival of the kingdom of God, that in Christ, the mercies of God brings new life. And that's, if you look at 1 Peter 1, verse 3, that expresses um, that description and undergirds the hope of life to come. And that's in Jude 1, verse 21. It says, living in the newness of life, the mercies of God is always available for those who approach the throne. And you can look at Hebrews 4 and verse 16 that talks about the mercies of God. And I'll read and I'll read to you Hebrews 4 and verse 16 that focuses on our approach when it comes to God and his mercies towards us. The, the scripture reads in Hebrews chapter 4 at verse 16. It says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace and that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And so we must understand that uh, be us, but be unto us, the Lord is a loving God. He does not want us to be separate from him. Because if we came from him, his desire is to have relationship and covenant with him. And that because he yet fulfilled all that was of the law. He didn't come to destroy, but he came to fulfill the law. And he did that by, the, by him sacrificing himself. Not just atoning, but he removed the, 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 the penalty, and he yet caused uh, sin to be destroyed by yet conquering death, hell, and the grave. He said, all power is given unto me, both in heaven and in earth. And because when the scripture does says, when we gave up the ghost, the, the, the description of the temple being re- rented uh, from top to bottom, because he understood that a new covenant, a new dispensation is now being ushered in to the people of what his intent is like really returning back to what his intent for humanity before Adam had yet made the choice. Now, mind you, this Adam was not deceived. Adam was not deceived. Eve was. So the commandment was given to Adam. And so when Adam sinned, it brought forth the consciousness came into understanding. And so they were innocent. And now there's this element of where Jesus wanted to bring us back to that place where we had I mean, we didn't, we were, the Bible says they were naked and they were not ashamed. And that's the purpose. If you look deep into it, man, we need some more time. The word of God is so powerful. It's like we becoming naked before God. He said, let us therefore come boldly. What did happen when, when they transgressed? They hid. They had to find fig leaves to cover them. But I'm trying to get you to understand that God doesn't want us to hide from him. And, and, and here's the crux of this. You know, some people who, some person who just came, and I, I love First Lady White, God bless you, you're so great. <laughs> but I must say, saints of God, they got, they got I, I, this is why I'm so excited. I'm, I'm stemming from the, the sermon that was spoken by Brother Dibble, the first service on this past Sunday. No limits. There are a lot of hurting people in this world. I'm getting into the crux of this matter. There are a lot of hurting people, and sometimes, we're even seeing it today, to be current, um, you know, a lot of us are indebted, indebted, indebted with news. So to be real and to be, re- to be relevant, um, you know, I know a lot of um, persons who are, <laughs> who are seniors may not be on top of things in terms of certain people, but there's a, there's a famous basketball player right now who's under controversy for what he said. He said some things that, you know, his choice, you know, he is who he is. And so my point I'm saying with him, and I won't mention his name, but, of course, he's in the news right now. There's a lot of people who are trying to question even the very essence of what the Bible is about. Because one of the things he read about, um, he basically um, forwarded a documentary that went against, you know, the word of God the originating of the word of God and against um, the Jewish people. And so 
there are a lot of people who are really have a concept and a false impression of who God is and who what they are. And so we are in this society. And because they are feeling this way of saying, wait, you know, they're there. They are just, you know, they're unsure what if this God is real. They're unsure if Jesus existed. They are so focused on his identification. Was he was he this shade of color? Was he that? Yeah, we don't have to really have time for us to debate because I've had those conversations of persons thinking that, you know, why are you serving a, you know, this type? You say Jesus was this? No, no, Jesus ain't look like this. He looked just. And I say, you know what? Even if he looked like purple, the, the, the purpose, the purpose of him coming was to save people from their sins. And there are people, saints of God, in this time, I'm telling you, we're going to see the, 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 the mission of Christ in the church really fulfilled itself because in this last and closing days of time we're seeing scripture says in, in matthew chapter 24 i believe verse 15 he said with iniquity abounded the love of many shall wax cold there's such a hardness of people's heart there's such an evilness in people's heart they're looking they're they're searching for something but their response their ways their decisions are very harsh like they don't, they're very insecure. They don't trust people. Like as if, like when you look at someone as a man, like why are you looking at me like that? It's, the, it's this type of world we're living in. But we have to open our arms to persons who may not feel as if they don't feel worthy to come in the presence of this great God. Because sometimes even myself can look intimidating to someone who doesn't have an understanding of Christ. They look at me as if, oh, I got it all together. Look how I'm dressed. Look how that he got it. No. I just, I need God's mercy more than ever than I needed him before. Because it it encumbered on me in this very scripture. He said, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy. If, if, If Adam and Eve decided not to hide in fig leaves, could you imagine what God would do? You don't know the course of history would have changed if they decided within their heart not to hide away from the, the, the one that created them, the one that loved them, the one that they, they came from him. But they chose to hide away. They chose to, to run away. And you notice some people, you know, they get real big and bad when they, when, they, when, they're, when they have an opinion to say. But when it comes to God, they get, they get, very, they get very humble. They get very, uh, 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 it seems as if they get very, uh, uh, you came into, they, they themselves get, get very in, imbalanced with themselves, you know. You know, because they, they understand it's their consciousness tugging at their heart to say, you know what, I know I don't got it all together and I do need help. I do need the, uh, the mercies of God on my, I've done some things. I have seen some things. I should have been yet, you know, strung out. I should have been locked up. I should have been, uh, 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 something should have happened to me, even to the point I should have died. But because I understand, I may not get it, but I know that there's a people that will lead me to. And so that's what we want to develop, a culture, a, 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 a understanding we're building upon a foundation. There's only one foundation that we have laid, and that's Jesus Christ. But we understand that the times we're living in, it requires us to yet make some adaptations. We're not here to compromise. We're not here to speak, to, to cause ourselves to, to lose our apostolic identity and distinction. But we must understand there are people who are under, have no understanding what we believe, what we know. But we know that because we're going to develop them and understand that this culture that we're setting, it doesn't matter how you look. This is one thing I will say. In this assembly, I can look like I'm a pauper. And I feel as if I, I, I feel as if I have gained a brother or a sister even the first time I entered in here. I won't say it again. I can look like a pauper. I don't even know what a pauper is. But, <laughs> but the purpose is this. I can look like I come off the street strung out. But I enter into this church. Listen, saints of God, I feel as if I gained a new family. And I'm telling you, when we develop a culture of mercy, it doesn't matter. Listen, one of my favorite scriptures, in, and I'm just this is pretty much summing up, it's just this, this conversation and this subject is very vast. But when I look at scripture and I look how Jesus embodied the love of God, because he is love. When you look at some of the things he did, you got to just scratch your head. 
by some of the standards of what we put sometimes upon ourselves, which we can't live by. And when I mean by that, there's nothing really pretty much wrong because, you know, we have to get always draw some level of uh, uh, of of we have to police ourselves. Basically, we have to police ourselves because the Bible says uh, in, in Paul's days or Paul was writing to the Roman ch- the church in Rome. He says, he said, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Now, there's a whole subject in the theology about what's happening today in terms of, you know, grace for all. And, you know, once saved, always saved. And, you know, we are saved by grace alone. And, 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 and we don't need this. We don't need that. You know, and, and people are just basically, they're just, as the scripture says, when the spirit speaketh expressly in the latter times, people will heed unto themselves seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. It's like telling you, okay, well, this is how you get down the road to the White House, per se, a particular house. But they themselves give you just the half the understanding of what, how you get there. It's like not leading you to the understanding that you need to get and you need to turn or you, make to, you need to make sure you're, 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 you're entering the right uh, entrance. Because if you do such, then, you know, uh, um, you're going to get get the truth and understanding but if you go another way you're still going to get the no the scripture says he said there is only one door one door and so people are making many doors to get to god but there's only one door so they're just content you know they're content in just saying well you know they say so and so i can do whatever so because we still serve the same god but i just beg to understand that if you want to know this god trust me he'll reveal himself to you and the problem we have today is that people decided to be already, they, basically, they, they think they know more of God than you do. Meaning that they have made a decision in themselves. They don't need to know more of God. They don't need to seek God's understanding. So they feel as if that, oh, they reached to a place where I don't need your help. Now, we're here, we're, we're still growing unto perfection. And we're not all there, but we're striving to get there. But that's where we come into play when it comes to people who are confused. People have so many different thoughts. They listen to so many different uh, uh, thinking and people's ideas. But we have to understand saints of God. And we're going to close by saying this. When it comes to the, you want to talk about an example of mercy? Look at the example of Jesus himself when he was called out. By the Pharisees and the scribes. When in the book of John chapter 8. One of, the, one of my favorite scriptures. That talks about the woman caught in the act. Not caught in. But caught in the very act. Of adultery. And he ex- explained himself. Or they explained under the law. This was to be such done. And of course they had scripture. They had the written word. To show forth that this person was guilty, that she or and, and, and forgetting about what happened to the other guy, because it, it takes two persons to do, you know what, not just the one. But he himself looked at the word of God because he was the word. He is the word, embodiment of the word. He is the written word in flesh. And because of that. He, he, he blew their understanding and mindset, showing them that this was, I'm, I'm, bringing, I'm bringing the fulfillment of what ultimately I came into the world. You thought it was going to end by just 612 commandments. I'm going to yet fulfill the commandment by one act. And what he did was this. He went and turned the script on, script on them while they had the script in their hand. He turned the script on them by writing on their on the ground every single thing which they didn't follow. And so look at that. He embodied the mercies of God by him stooping down. Him stooping down. Didn't stood up throwing or having a stone because in those days they were just stoning people. They were just you were ending your life by being stoned, by 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 being basically being cursed. He decided to say, you know what? I know what you're doing. I see your motive. 
And so, saints of God, one of the things I end on this, one of the things about mercy, it talks about the motive, the kind of spirit we're supposed to have when it comes to giving mercy. We, in this time, saints of God, as I made mention, um, someone that I knew growing up in the church, and she's trying to find her way, asked about me, what church you go to? I said, I'm glad you asked. And I say this because there are some persons who are coming. We don't know what the motive is, but I believe they're coming. And I know for a fact we have what's in place here to show forth the, one of the aspects of God that we need in this world is mercy. And we can know and show them that we can live for God, but we can also show that even if you make a mistake, we're going to be right there. We're not going to yet throw you aside. We're not going to yet say, well, you got to go through, you know, these different hurdles and steps. Because I, I know, listen, if I've been in the church long enough, and some of you may not know what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it. There used to be called, you know, like a backbench seating situation. Uh, when if you've made a mistake, you're right in, people know when, you, when, you, when you're not with God. You're not in the will of God. You're, you kind of got to get your way back into right relationship with God. It was evidently showing not just in your personalhood, but it was evidently shown in your, you know, your demonstration amongst your, your, your loved ones, your family, your church brethren. But, I, 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 you know, we have, we have moved so much and, and we have matured. I would say we have matured. Um, we've, we've become more understanding of the word of God. I think our hearts have just opened ourselves to God's love and his compassion. And, and of course, it's enduring forever. And I'm so glad people don't, who are now in the church who have come and don't know about that era. I'm so glad because I don't know if you would stay in the church if you saw that era, but that had its place. It had its place. It had its place. But because we are here today and because we are very intentional, that's one of the things. It's not about being progressive. We're just intentional. And our intentional attitude is to show forth God's love and his mercies. Because no more of a time as I close, we need people to cry out is for mercy. Not just mercy when it comes to our own lives, but mercy towards our brothers, our pending sisters, our pending brothers, our families, the nation, our community. Again, this conversation, this, this subject is very vast because, again, the mercy of God is used, used very interchangeably. So you just can't use it as one aspect of not only God showing pity, you know, uh, um, you know, it, it, the relationship he aspect he wants from us is that we will show mercy towards each other. That's ultimately he's getting to as he progressively moved the, the, the epistles to our our personhood. You know, how can you love a brother? Oh, excuse me. How can you love a God whom you've never seen and yet say you don't love your brother who you do see? It's expressing the mercies of God that we must give and extend towards each other. It hit, hit me like, a, uh, as we say, a ton of bricks. Because I'm, I, I say to God, I will stand to you to say, I'm still dealing with it. I'm still asking God to work on me because I want to be saved. I don't want to just talk. I'm telling you, Sister White, Sister Scarlett, I know. Brother Kellerman, Sister Kellerman, you know, Mama T, everyone that's here. Brother Scott, I mean, everyone, everyone is here. Sister Heidea, Brother Sam, I'm saying, we, we've been in the church for a long time. And what good is it for us to miss the mark? Because we fail to yet understand this concept. He said, blessed are they that are merciful. He said, blessed are they that are merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. It's a concept that I pray that God help me. That when I may be in a situation where something is done against me and a, an offense wants to just take a hold of me for a season, I say, God, help me. Help me to have relationship with you and your word and remind yourself that I must yet have mercy. 
Because when I know when I've yet transgressed against you, how many times I've failed you? How many times I offended you? But yet I can't yet show mercy to someone that may have been ignorant in their choice of words, choice of actions. So it's, it's incumbent on us to understand that as a church. Because I said again, saints, we're going somewhere. And we're going to have some people coming to that new building who going to need some mercy. They're going to really... They're they going to really need some mercy. They got, I'm telling you, they come in saints of God. And, I'm, and, I'm gonna, and I will go as far as saying, I'm, listen, please just say I'm just a brother. Don't call, listen, I'm just, I, I believe in this church so much. I'm telling you. <laughs> I tell you, we got something going on over here. We got something going on over here. I'm talking about, and, and one of the things, and I, as I said, you know, when, when a person says like the clothes, I, 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 I'm going to say this last thing. I'm going to put the mic down. <laughs> Promise you. But that word called backsliding, we got to look at that. I'm telling you. We about to get some backsliders up in this church. Hallelujah. We going to have some people that used to be on the choir, that used to be playing the music. And we're going we to find them on a Sunday morning in our church. What is that? I said, glad to see you. It's good to see you. Good to, we going to see them. It may be some years we haven't seen them, but we going to see them. Because that's what, because it's, it's the, the hour demands of it. And when you have a pastor that has a heart for souls, trust me, the hour demands for it. And when you have a people who have a, who have a heart for souls, trust me, you know, it, you know we're we going we to have to learn a lot about, about what we're made of in this time. Because, Lord, if, if someone that comes from Wherever they came from, and they go, go ahead of me, I'm going to push them forward. I'm going to push them to where God has called them and God has directed them for them to be. Because trust me, saints of God, it's just that people need to be redirected. Right now, there are people lost. They're driving Brother Kellerman, and they, they're, going, they're in some detours. But they're finding the way. If we, keep, if we just keep praying, saints of God, if we just keep fasting, we just keep seeking God. You see that list we have, you know, been charged to call. Trust me, they gonna come. They gonna come. They gonna come. They gonna come. They're just driving. They're driving, and they know they're they're lost, but they ain't gonna admit it. But they're coming, and let's just pray. Let's we can just stand tonight, and we're gonna just believe God and and pray that we will yet be embodiment of Jesus Christ and His ministry. And one aspect of His ministry was that He had mercy upon whom He whom who sought. To show mercy. The men that was the two men that were blind, um, blind Bartimaeus, Bart, Bartimaeus. He said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. And saints of God, if we want to fulfill this script, this book, specifically as New Testament believers, we got to have within us the embodiment of Christ and the love of God that we may show forth mercy to those who desire and those who need it. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. We give you thanks today. We understand that, God, we are sin. We have sin. God, we must yet daily look within ourselves and see where we have fallen. Because, God, we don't want to be a, hinder, a hindrance or a stumbling block to any man, to any woman in this pathway. Father, you have called us to be, oh, God, salt in the earth. You've called us to be salt. And if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? Father, give us mercy. God, we pray for mercy for our country. We pray for mercy for our, oh God, family. We pray for mercy for our cities. We pray for mercy for our politicians. We pray for mercy for our leaders. We pray for mercy before, oh God, our own very saints. Oh God, the ones that we come Sunday after Sunday, Thursday after Thursday. We pray, Lord God, right now that God, you will let, give us the heart of gratitude to know that God, you are good, and your mercies endure forever, and your truth endure to all generations. Let us hide the word. As the scripture says, how can a young man cleanse his ways? Yet he take heed unto, except he take unto the word of God. I pray, Lord God, your will, Lord God, cause us to be transformed. Cause us not to be a stumbling block in the way of someone's life and destiny. I pray that God, you will help us in this time. And Father, help us to reassure in our commitment to you that you have shown mercy before. Help us to show mercy amongst our brothers and our sisters and our very family. And that you will continue to have 
abiding peace in us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we ask of these blessings. In Jesus' mighty name, let us put our hands together, saints of God. Let us thank God, for he is good, for his mercies endure forever, and his truth endure to all generations, world without end. His mercies is unlimited. There's no limits to God's mercy. There's no, oh God, restraint to God's power. And we thank you, and we believe that God is to be son, is to be so. Right now, we are going to continue to give to our building fund. Please, oh God, be generous as we are continuing to accomplish what God has called us to become as Christ in the church. May God bless you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, yes, we want to remind, of course, we have our prayer breakfast um, for Saturday, as what Minister Scarlett had yet made mention, and also follow the announcements. Those who are watching online, please follow us, continue to uh, subscribe, and continue to give as you have given before. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.